This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Zephyr CMS. It's a modern cloud-based CMS system that's licensed only to agencies. You can find them at zephyrcms.com. More about this later in the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is Matthew Pollard. He is a consultant, speaker, blogger, and serial entrepreneur, currently the founder and CEO of Rapid Growth LLC. He's also the author of a book we're going to talk about today called The Introvert's Edge to Networking. Work the room, leverage social media, and develop powerful connections. So, Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you, mate. I'm ecstatic to be here. So, People's view of networking, we're talk, we're recording this in the beginning of 2021, people's view of networking is a bunch of people crammed in a room. So is that sort of the elephant in the room when you bring out a book about networking because nobody's crammed in a room right now? Or is, I'll ask a question there, how does that impact networking? You know, it's interesting. So I think that people found that, let's face it, when we used to get crammed into a room and we used to network like that, most people couldn't articulate the value of what they offered in two to three minutes when someone was politely listening. What they learned is that when they moved online and they had to start prospecting, finding people and doing virtual networking, when you get a quarter of a second, a half a second at most before someone closes off your LinkedIn box or your connection request, if you if you couldn't do it in the networking room, you're definitely not doing it you know, in the virtual world. So it was actually really interesting. So when I first started writing this book, it was pre-COVID and everyone was like, oh yeah, I need to learn how to network more effectively because I go to a networking room and somebody right. asks me what I do and I say, I'm a business coach. And people say, oh, I had a coach before. It didn't work right. out. Now, what do I say? Or, oh, I want coaching. How much do you cost? And I was like, what? Now I'm supposed to just go straight into pricing. So they were looking for different ways to network more effectively. And let's face it, there's plenty of books out there on networking, but there isn't a book that literally breaks out a process that makes an introvert feel comfortable. But what was interesting is I actually had a plot twist. I'm not sure if you've seen the movie The Sixth Sense, but we lead in with you know the plot twist. And the plot twist for me was always, I my focus is to make someone a master in the networking room so they never have to go back to one unless they truly want to. And what I mean by that is if you can have a strong message and know your audience and have great messaging and stories that back all of that up, then you can use the digital world now to drive your clients from all over the world to support you. You and I have met in the virtual world. So many right. of the people that I meet and are now call great friends, I've actually never met face-to-face. -face. Yet most people think the word networking is this face-to-face -face in the room. It's actually these days anything but. Well, and I wonder, because it's like a lot of things. There were a lot of people that were introduced to Zoom because of this, and now virtual meetings seem like a really normal thing. So do you think the, the packing people in a room and the old school networking that everybody professed to hate anyway, is that dead? You know, it's funny. I actually think a lot of people miss it now, and they're like, oh, I really wish I'm in – I'm very introverted. And after this podcast, I have nothing planned because I have to have my charge up time. And by the way, just because you're introverted doesn't mean you can't sell. It doesn't mean you can't speak. It doesn't mean you can't network. As a matter of fact, my belief is you can do it better than most or all extroverts. Zig Ziglar was an introvert, by the way. Ivan Meisner, the founder of BNI, the world's largest networking group, also an introvert. So it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you're tired afterwards, like a kid playing at Disneyland. You can have a wonderful time, but you just want to hit the sack afterwards. Yeah. So 
for me, when I look at how things are going to change in this virtual world, I think people will still go to networking rooms. But I'm, I love the fact that people have realized they don't have to. People are exhausted about going to all those meetings and all those networking events. I've always talked about strategic networking. Go to the right events, not all of them. And if the right event's in Belgium, go to the virtual one in Belgium. Yeah, and I, and I think that a lot of people's dislike, or at least their fear of networking, is that it, it's often portrayed as something that is an extroverts game that you've got to be that person willing to walk into a room and slap backs and tell jokes. And frankly, I think that's probably the negative aspect that a lot of people associate, isn't it? No one likes that. That's the thing. So it's really interesting to see what people think successful networking is. Yeah. Because Ivan Meisner, the, the founder of BNI, is a good friend of mine. He did this study. And self-promotion is the thing that most people hate in right. networking, right? Yeah. The fact that people are listening to them, that they empathize, those, those are introverted strengths. Active listening, high levels of empathy, being genuinely interested, by the way, not just you're acting interested. Right, right. And it's really interesting to see because when people go into networking rooms, what I consider what I call transactional networking is what I imagine the extroverts do all the time. Sure. Do you want to buy from me? No. Do you want to buy? What about you? What about you? It's horrible to watch, yeah. but that's what most people think they need to do. And let's face it, when you get desperate and you haven't had a client for a long time or you're, you don't have a job, you yeah. feel like that's what you have to do. Or you right. do that aimless networking thing where you just have these vague conversations. You, When somebody asks you what you do, it's almost like you muddy the water around what you do because you don't want to seem salesy. And then you leave with all these business cards with people that you have loose relationships with. You're an introvert. You don't even have time to catch up or want to catch up with all the friends you have. You don't want new ones. So what I talk about is strategic networking. Be very specific about what networking rooms you're going to. Do your research before you go. There are ways, especially with things like Meetup now, you can know all the people that are going to be there, decide who you want to speak to, and connect with them beforehand. So that going to a networking room feels like more of a pre-planned event. And then you can plan out what you want to say. I tend to highlight now that 90% of all networking success happens before you walk into a room. And that doesn't matter if it's virtual or face-to-face, -face, though if it's virtual, it has to be. You really have to plan and prepare. Otherwise, you stand no chance and you're definitely going to speak to that person selling insurance that you definitely didn't want to get in front of. So why do introverts need a book on networking? Do they struggle in a special way? Based on what you just described, hey, follow a system and it all works out. So why do introverts need a book? So the, the truth is that introverts believe they can't do it. So forget about the strategies and the systems for a second. And let's just look at the general, I as an introvert know as a certainty that I can't network because I don't have the gift of gab. Right. That is a false reality. It's just not true. So in the forget about my publisher hates me when I say this. Forget about buying my book. If you just <laughs> download the first chapter at theintrovertsedge.com forward slash networking, that chapter will get you over that hurdle of helping you understand as a networker, you can succeed as an introvert. You just can't behave more extroverted because that is yeah. being inauthentic. It's incongruent. Plus, you also, no one likes that person that behaves that way. Let's face it. And this isn't me extrovert bashing, by the way. Mind you, mind you, they've had their day in the sun for a long time, but I'm not doing that. What I'm saying is we all have our burdens to bear. Extroverts need to learn things like active listening. They need to learn how to empathize. Introverts are amazing at that, but they need a more structured system that they prepare because they're not that great in the moment. So they can't, they'll get stuck in their head. So they need more of a structured system. The difference is 
introverts believe that they can't do it while an extrovert will just go and get active listening training or the HR manager in the organization will say, you know what, you need to learn how to listen. I'm going to send you to this class. But the HR manager for an introvert goes, oh, he's just an introvert. Let's just accept subpar performance. or We won't pr promote that person to that job. It drives me nuts. And that's why there needed to be a book on it. So if two individuals, distinctly different individuals, one an introvert and one an extrovert came, showed up for coaching from you, would you have different approaches for them? Yeah, because the thing is, and this is funny. So I have a rapid growth system that I do that's predominantly for helping service providers as a whole. But obviously, because of my books, so many introverts come there. But I get a ton of extroverts go, look, I know I'm not your audience, but can you help me? The truth is the strategies Right. need to work the same way. And this isn't new stuff. Like Brian Tracy talks about the top 10% of all sales performers have a planned presentation. The difference is the bottom 80% who just say whatever comes out of their mouth, obviously the better ones of those are going to be extroverted. So the introvert, people like Jeb Blunt, by the way, people like Zig Ziglar, as I mentioned, Paul Smith, all that. there's a ton of people in the sales world and the networking world room that happen to be introverted. But the thing is when somebody comes to me, an extrovert needs to learn to listen. So what happens is I'll do a role play conversation with them and I'll mention things in the conversation that they should have listened to, that they could have used to lead to the right story, or that then they should perhaps retract a question because I've already answered it. We see this all the time on the phone. People will say, they'll ask us a question. You're like, well, five minutes ago, that's what I, I told you that. Yeah. And they'll also do things like, oh, I'm so glad to get on the call. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? And I'm like, have you not checked out my LinkedIn profile? Have you not you know, checked my website? In this digital world, I should yeah. be able to, and I do it all the time. I say, okay, you asked for this call. So I'm assuming that this call was important to you. So why don't you tell me what you've researched about me before we start? And then I'll fill in the gaps. Oh, I haven't looked at anything. So an extrovert has a lot of those issues. As an introvert, what happens is they don't even know what to say at the start. So it's all ums and ahs. And they ask the platitude rapport questions that are just, they're horrible and it's so not them. So a lot of times I'll tell them to, to, to have that call in a very different way. So when they're in a networking room, a lot of times an extrovert will start going, I'm this, I'm that, we're doing this, I'm amazing, you should buy my stuff. As an, as an introvert though, an introvert will, say, will, will ask lots of questions about the person, which is actually better, but then they'll get asked what they do and they're like, I don't know what to say. And they'll say, eventually, I'm a ghostwriter. And the person goes, oh, tell me about that. And they get into this functional explanation. It's like they open this fire hose of information and the customer's like, oh my gosh, the prospects, oh my gosh, they never turn into being a customer. And what's funny is then people walk away going, no one's willing to pay me or no one's willing to give me a job. You didn't stand a chance because you didn't prepare. So what I get people, introverts to realize is that they over-educate and they over-complicate. What I get extroverts to realize is that they never listen and they don't ever show the customer they understand. And if you can't show the customer you understand, they don't care whether you think you can help. They know that you don't know them, so they believe you can't. So what I'm hearing you saying uh, a lot is that I think a lot of salespeople, whether they're introverted or extroverted, believe that they just practice and they get good at something eventually and they see what works, doesn't work. But you believe that there is a very systematic approach that extrovert or introvert could take. So do you want to unpack that a little bit of what the components of that are? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I I think the most important thing for people to realize when they're networking, though, is that, and you're 100%, both introverts and extroverts benefit from having a planned presentation. The, The difference is that an extrovert loves to wing it. So what happens is even if you give them a system, they then go off winging it because that means they never hold on to it. As an introvert, which is me, I was terrible at selling when I first started selling. I was terrible at networking when I first started. So when I found a system that worked for me or found an element that fitted to the next step of the system, I hold on to it for dear life, which means I get better and better at it. And same with manufacturing cars, a system, a production line-based system will always beat the defect ratio of somebody that's just winging it or piecing it together as they go. So for me, I think the most important thing is how to introduce yourself. And that's the the, the first you know, step. Now, when I say it's the first step, it's the first time you get to talk. The What I always suggest for an introvert, which is much harder for an extrovert, but it's, oh, I actually get to do that as an introvert, is ask questions about them. What brought you to this event? What's happening in your life? What is it that you do? Ask questions, give value, offer introductions to the point where the person goes, oh my gosh, I've been talking to you for 10 minutes. I haven't even asked. What is it you do? I'm so rude. Now, of course, if you say I'm a sales trainer and they've had a bad experience, experience with a sales trainer in the past, they're going to be looking at you like you're a scam artist, just like they felt that last sales trainer was. So you need a different way to do it. And actually, I'll give you an example. I worked with it. We gave insurance salespeople a hard line just before. So let's use insurance as an example. I worked with an insurance salesperson that said, every time I'm in a networking event, I will talk and I give them value. And I and, and eventually they ask me what I do. And I say I'm in insurance. And it's like their eyes explode. I can see it happen. And they're trying to figure out how long they have to talk to me before they can run away to the bathroom, the bar, you know, out the front door, whatever. And he said, so how do I restructure what I say? And I said, all right. Let's talk about passion, because for me, an introvert, especially for the pain to be worth the gain, I like it to be aligned with passion. Now, I know everyone's, oh, passion, how do you make money out of passion? The truth is, everybody studied something because they were passionate about it. Everyone flocked to a specific type of job. We have to connect with that. So I said, Nick, let me ask you for a second. Why do you care about insurance? He said, I just like to help people. I said, all right, do you like helping people that earn 50000 as much as people that earn you know, 100,000, 250,000. He said, no, I'd, I'd prefer to help the people earning 250. I said, why? He said, they earn more so they can afford more insurance. All right, not really what I'm talking about when it comes to passion. I said, what about we break 250 earners in half? The person that went and hustled at school, got into Harvard, graduated with honors, ends up a C-level executive in a major firm making about 250 versus somebody that hustled to start their own business, employed a load of people and makes 250 for themselves. Which one of those would you prefer to help? And he said, obviously, the business owner. And I said, why obviously? <laughs> and he said, I just feel like they deserve it more. And I said, all right, explain that to me. Turns out he has a grandfather that started a farm, employed all these people, looked after them. He got sick. He ended up having to sell the farm and get stuck. He got stuck in this miserable retirement, basically living in this tiny apartment, You know, basically spent the last 10 years of his life dying in front of the couch, just you know, fading away. I said, so how would it feel for you? If you got to get up every day, stopping people like your grandfather, leading themselves to these miserable retirements, he said, that would be great. I said, do you feel like these people hustle more? He said, yes. I said, what if we called you the hustle lifeguard? He said, oh, I love that. So now he goes to events and people ask what he does. And he now says, I am the hustle lifeguard. Now, what happens when somebody says that is the person listening basically has a brain meltdown. They're like, oh my gosh, I've never heard what, what is that? Like, and they are forced to ask, what exactly is that? 
And then you, for the first time, instead of getting disqualified, because that's what people hear when they hear insurance, no, thank you, I'll put you in the go away box. Instead, they go, what is that? Now you have an invitation. Now, because you've already asked them questions, you've already given them value and offered them introductions. Now, of course, they're going to say, what is that just because you called yourself something they haven't heard of before, but also they want to listen to you because you listen to them because you've built all this law of reciprocity. So then Nick would talk about his passion and mission for helping the hustlers of the world. And he'd then tell a story of his grandfather or one of his clients. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, I need that. And what's interesting is even people that weren't in their own business, if I actually have my own job, but I don't prioritize myself. I'm always thinking about all the other things and I'm stuck in the now because they never connected with somebody that had so much passion. His business exploded. So Nick called himself the hustle lifeguard. I call myself the rapid growth guy. His niche was small business. My niche is introverted service providers. And then my stories, like Nick, are all around introverted service providers that succeeded through amazing systems. So what everybody needs when they're in networking is they need to know what their niche is. They need to know what their message is and then what their story is. And they'll have explosive networking growth. You know, today content is everything. So our websites are really content management systems, but they've got to work like one. Check out Zephyr. It is a modern cloud-based CMS system that's licensed only to agencies. It's really easy to use. It's very fast. Uh, it won't mess with your SEO. I mean, it really reduces the time and effort to, to launch uh, your client's websites. Beautiful themes, just really fast, profitable way to go. They include an agency services to really kind of make a, them your plug-and-play dev shop. Check out Zephyr.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R. CMS.com. When I started my business and actually went to the model of duct tape marketing some 20 plus years ago, I wanted to have that networking event. We barely had the internet, believe it or not. So there wasn't virtual networking. And I used to tell people when they'd say, so what do you do for a living? I would tell them I install marketing systems. And it, it is, even though that seems like such a simple thing, it, it had that exact effect. People would like, wait a minute, what is that? Nobody's First off, nobody's called marketing a system. And secondly, nobody's talking about installing it. And it did. It led to them saying, tell me more. Um, <laughs> it's so funny that just something like that makes such a difference. And it, what it is people, and it's actually a problem because what happens is people go to university to get the, the degree. Then they apply for a specific job and they have to apply for that job in that category. So we're so used to trying to fit in the box. But if you want to get paid in, in a way that doesn't isn't commoditized pricing, you have to be completely outside it. And what's interesting is I've worked with executives that couldn't get a job. We then transform their branding. We call them a velocity architect and they get apply for jobs and they get given the job two levels above with $100,000 more than the job they applied for. Because people don't want the person that fits the box, especially for the middle to high level executive jobs. And especially if you're hiring a contractor, you want the best, not the blandest. Yeah. So... Would you say that there are innate, and you've touched on this a little bit, but would you say there are innate strengths that introverts actually have that we, that regardless of what we, how we labeled ourselves, we could share? Yeah, absolutely. For me, 
the first one is we're amazingly empathetic. And I think we feel like a lot of introverts specifically don't show that they feel because they're very guarded, but they have this, they have this huge amount of feeling both for the things that are going on with them and the things that are going on with others. So when somebody says I've had a tough day, they feel it more than an extrovert. An extrovert's like, oh, you had a tough day? What can I say? What can I say? Where an introvert is like, oh, you've had a tough day? What happens? And they'll actually empathize. They'll make it all about you. I remember growing up with this kid, Paul, and it was like anytime he walked in the room, he'd ask one question. And then all of a sudden, it was like everything. It was like time stopped. And it, you were just absorbed into him asking questions about someone else. And it was powerful because after that, he could say, hey, do you, do you mind helping me move tomorrow? I know we just met. And they'd say, sure, let's do it. So that ability to empathize is huge. The ability to actually genuinely care probably leads to the second one, which is our ability to actively listen, not just hear what they say, but hear everything that's going on with they say, what's between the lines of what they said. But especially when it comes to things like networking, like sales, I think the biggest one, and for extroverts, they don't want to do this, but introverts love planning and preparation. If, if somebody said in a meeting, hey, Matt, what do you think of this? I, if it was outside my zone of knowledge, I'd be like, why didn't you just message me yesterday and say, I'm going to ask you this question. Can you come back to me? I'd give him a much better idea. And I'll probably say something out loud. But if I had the day and a lot of people, they fight or flight, a lot of introverts get stuck in their head and they're like, I don't know. And then tomorrow they're like, why didn't I just say this? And they'll go to their manager and say, oh, I had this idea. And like, why didn't you tell me yesterday? I've already spent all this money. We've already made the decision. For us, our ability to plan is everything. So if we know there's a system to improve, we'll set aside that time. I just, I worked with a, a CPA just recently and we gave him a sales and networking system. He started getting new clients and he got his first lead and he, he, he virtually networked and got them to book and schedule a call. And the first deal, he said, it didn't go so well. I got the script out, which was exciting. That was a huge win, but I got unraveled when it came to the closing. So we then looked at, okay, how do you restructure that? Now he's replaced his entire income with eight clients because obviously we increased his packaging and we helped him articulate the right way. So now he had eight clients, we've replaced it with eight. Sorry, he had 80 clients, we've replaced it with eight, right? So it's just completely shifted. So now he's going back to all of his past clients and letting them know about this new structure and he's closing those too. But as an introvert, now that he's planned that, instead of believing that he's reliant on lady luck. And I, I love seeing extroverts. Oh, I had a lucky day. Oh, I had an unlucky day. The lucky day was because I ran into lots of clients and I was just, I was in a good mood. My unlucky day is I woke up, I had a fight with my wife or my husband. I wasn't in a great mood. And for some reason, it just didn't sell so well. I had one extrovert that got a new car payment for his new luxury car, was so freaked out about the payment that he couldn't make any sales. He ended up selling the car just to get over the hurdle. <laughs> where an introvert, I've come home and been completely jet lagged from coming back from Thailand and forgot my 30s, not my 20s anymore. And I feel horrible. I'm laying in bed and talking to someone on the phone. And yet the words that are coming out of my mouth, the tone, the inclinations, the tone, it's all rock solid, exactly the same because I've rehearsed it. I've practiced it. And all I'm listening for is what they've said and which track to take them down. Now, Anybody that's listening is like, oh, that sounds scripted. I don't want to sound scripted. Right. There is a massive difference between the robot that you hear calling you at eight o'clock reading a script and think about your favorite movie. Maybe it was Gangs of New York. Leonardo DiCaprio was amazing in that. He's not even portraying himself. This is a person from the past and he sounds so authentic. He sounds so natural. He's reading from a script. The difference is practice and planning and introverts are great at that. So this is a shade off the topic of your book, I suspect, but I suspect you also encounter a lot of people that 
say, I don't know. Am I an introvert? <laughs> Am I an extrovert? Because there, there really is no fine line. And a lot of people try to define it, but I think there's uh, I think there's a lot of gray in there. So is there a resource or is there a, a test somebody can take that, that definitively tells them, or is that a dangerous uh, path to try to find your label? So the first thing I will is warn everybody because there are so many tests and so many ways of validating whether you're an introvert or extrovert. And I think it's because everyone, like you can't borrow someone else's test. You've got to change it right before you can publish it on your website. And then if you want more grant money, of course, you have to come up with more complexities. And in truth, there's highly sensitive people. There are shy people. There is a lot of complexity. And if you want to spend the next 30 years investigating it and researching it, then you probably can come to a definitive state. This is where you sit on the spectrum and this is where you are. So I would suggest that's probably not where you want to spend your time. What I would suggest instead is to ask yourself the question, where do I draw my energy? I'll give you an example. Jim Cathcart, he's one of the most award-winning speakers in the world. He's a personal friend of mine. And he came and spoke on one of my one of my events. And he and I were both involved in the event for three days. Now, at the end of the event, he wanted, he's an extrovert. He wanted to get run down. He wanted to go to Rainy Street in Austin. And I, he was my guest. So I took him there. He's a great friend of mine. I'm like, I can't say no. But I wanted to just go home, put a hoodie on, sit in a dark room and maybe cry and watch Netflix for maybe an hour and maybe for the rest of the night. But I obviously I went with I've never had to ask a 70 year old in my life. Can I go home, please, at midnight? So here's the difference. An introvert can hang out with people. They can have conversations. They can even enjoy themselves. The difference is that after that, they want to go home and have some quiet time to recharge. And that may be with just their husband or wife or by themselves, but they want to go home. An extrovert is so charged from that, they want to go and do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Now, you can, an extrovert can get too charged and still want alone time. And an introvert, like me right now, is dying. I'm doing a load of virtual events right now for all these corporations, but I'm dying to go and do one live because I missed the contact with people. Yeah. So we can all sometimes feel like we're extroverted, but realistically, in a normal day, it's where you draw your energy from. And if you really want to do a test, there are some quiet revolutions got a great one. 16 personalities has got a great one. Myers-Briggs has got a great test. There's a lot of really great tests out there. But I would just ask myself, if I spend a day with people going to meeting to meeting, am I tired or am I charged? There's your answer. Yeah. I, the worst thing in the world is back when we did go on stages and speak was that you'd have that end of the day speaking slot and then they wanted you to come to dinner. That's the killer. That's the absolute killer uh, for me. What gets, what gets me is when they ask me if I want to come to dinner the night before an yeah. 8 a.m. presentation. Now, you do understand I'm an introvert. So <laughs> if I'm speaking at 8, I'm up at 5 to prepare to make sure I've really gone through everything. So my answer to that is always, look, while I'd love to come for dinner the night before, yeah. if it was an afternoon appointment, I'd love to. And I will still do it if you would like me to, if you've got a sponsor that's there. However, you're paying me to be awesome that day. So my suggestion would be, let's catch up for dinner the night of, and you can ask me questions, or let's catch up for breakfast the next morning. And while I still would prefer to be in my hotel room, at least I'm not going to be low energy on stage. Yeah, awesome. Matthew, thanks for joining us, of course. Tell people where they can find more about your work and the, the Introvert's Edge to Networking. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it's available at all major retailers, your local bookstores. Uh, it's on Audible as well. Uh, but if you want to just download the first chapter, you can download that at theintrovertsedge.com 
forward slash networking. Uh, you can also get the first chapter of my first book, The Introvert's Edge, which focuses on sales. And you can get that at just theintrovertsedge.com. But feel free to follow me on all the social medias. We put out a ton of free content, a ton of free videos. My backstory is I learned to sell watching YouTube videos because gosh, I got thrown on a road with no training and just got told to go sell. I'm big on making sure that I provide a ton of free content out into the world. So there's a ton of stuff. If you want to baby step in, you can check out the free videos. We put heaps out there. So there's probably an old Earl Nightingale record somewhere hiding in your house. It's too old school for you. You probably don't don't even know who Earl Nightingale is. I actually do. You know, it was Jim Cathcart who I was talking about earlier. Jim actually said to me, he said, Earl Nightingale CDs changed his life. But my father used to listen to those. He used to listen to to Brian Tracy, to Zig Ziglar. I used to grow up, I'm just trying to think of, there was a bunch of classics on audio cassettes. Even remember the the power up Tony Robbins stuff. My my parents spent a fortune on personal development and stuff when I was just becoming of age, which is probably why I just don't accept. My background is I couldn't read. I had a reading disability. I just never accepted that what everyone else was telling me, which is I'm never going to be able to achieve anything. The box never worked for me. So I always look for ways out of the box. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Matthew. And hopefully we run into you someday when we all get back out there on the road. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. 